Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, you declare your almighty power chiefly in showing mercy and pity. Grant us the fullness of your grace that we, running to obtain your promises, may become partakers of your heavenly treasure. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The parents have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, says the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Know that all lives are mine. The life of the parent, as well as the life of the child, is mine. It is only the person who sins that shall die. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is unfair. Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? When the righteous turn away from their righteousness and commit iniquity, they shall die for it. For the iniquity that they have committed, they shall die. Again, when the wicked turn away from the wickedness that they have committed and do what is lawful and right, they shall save their life. Because they considered and turned away from all the transgressions that they had committed, they shall surely live. They shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, The way of the Lord is unfair. O house of Israel, are my ways unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, all of you, according to your ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, otherwise iniquity will be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you committed against me, and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, says the Lord God. Turn then and live. The word of the Lord. Psalm appointed for this morning is a portion of Psalm 25. We'll read responsibly by whole verse. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, I put my trust in you. Let me not be humiliated, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Let no one who looks to you be put to shame. Let the treacherous be disappointed in their schemes. Show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. In you have I trusted all the day long. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and love, for they are everlasting. Remember not the sins of my youth and my transgressions. Remember me according to your love, and for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Gracious and upright is the Lord, therefore he teaches sinners in his way. He guides the humble in doing right, and teaches his way to the low. Our second reading is from Philippians. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, 
but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of the others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just if you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The Word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say, from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say, of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, The first. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of heaven, or going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him, and even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I do not often, I don't think, use uh, Greek terms when I'm preaching. As much as I enjoyed hearing my youth minister teach us important terms in the Greek New Testament, opening the complexity and depth of the Bible to us, it does not always make for effective preaching unless you have a particularly nerdy congregation who finds that kind of information enlightening. And while I don't want to presume that you are all nerds uh, interested in the minutiae of the Greek, I think our text from Philippians contains one of the most important words in all of Christian theology. Philippians is a letter written from prison. 
And it is one of the few letters Paul writes where he does not really have any conflict he needs to address. Letters like Corinthians and Galatians are written to communities who are experiencing conflict or difficulties that deeply frustrate Paul, and that frustration certainly comes through explicitly in the text. Philippians is different. It's a its pastoral tone is encouraging a group of people with whom he shares the hardship of opposition, and he is urging them toward unity through humility. Paul's joy despite hardship is evident from the beginning as he greets the Philippians with these words, I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul writes from the position of confidence, yet still for encouragement in unity, so that they will not succumb to the temptations of envy, rivalry, arrogance, and ultimately division. Their unity is necessary for the steadfast faith, so that they might be an encouragement to one another amid hardship and persecution, working out their salvation together with fear and trembling. Paul speaks of his own solidarity with them and theirs with him, but Paul himself is not their primary reference for the humility and mutual self-offering necessary for maintaining unity in faithfulness amid hardship and opposition. The primary uh, exemplar is, of course, Jesus. And here we get one of the most famous hymns of the early church, singing the praise of the humility of Christ, which Paul commends to the Philippians in chapter 2. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Where Paul is often calling his churches back to a basic understanding of the gospel he first proclaimed at his visit, Paul commends a further step to these Philippians for whom he has affection and in whom he has great confidence and joy. He is a pastor. He sees when his people need milk, and he sees when they can handle solid food. This is the solid food. So this is where we find this important Greek term in the first line of the seventh verse of chapter 2, which translates simply and literally, but he emptied himself. The important word here is kenosis, a Greek word for emptying, the Greek word for emptying. Paul talks about making his joy complete in the second verse of the chapter, but I think a more accurate translation would be something like, fulfill my joy or fill up my joy. It is this self-emptying, this kenosis that will fill Paul's joy to the brim as the Philippians fill up where Paul has emptied himself for their sake and the sake of the gospel. It is not suffering or self-deprecation for its own sake, but rather to make space for being filled by one another in fellowship and sharing through the Holy Spirit. We see that the same is true of Christ, whose self-emptying, whose own kenosis, made room for God to fill him with life anew in resurrection and even now in exaltation. 
Christ emptied himself in life and death so that he could be filled with the Spirit of God, raised to new life, life that was given as a gift rather than grasped in desperation. But Christ also enacted this kenosis, this emptying, so that his life might be filled by those whom he encountered, the ones whose lives he transformed. In this way, Christ is full not only with the life of God, but also with human life, lives he made room to receive through shared stories, compassion, healing, and table fellowship. Consider the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Here is someone Jesus might not have engaged without this humility required for self-emptying. Yet in his self-emptying encounter with her, she shared her story and concerns with him only to bring even more of her neighbors to him. And they remain with him even now as he stands before the Father in heaven, holding their lives tightly in his own. They are part of his story. Kenosis, self-emptying humility, is not a way to acknowledge our wretchedness or worthlessness. Rather, it is a means of making room in our lives and stories to receive the lives and stories of our neighbors without considering ourselves above, beyond, or better than. But this goes even further, as a lot of, a, a lot of ink has been spilled over this word alone. Kenosis is not simply a word that describes a behavior. Because it, is Christ who, because it is Christ who is the archetype of this self-emptying characteristic, it is more than a mere behavior to imitate. Paul encourages the Philippians to imitate it, not because it is morally good, but because it has been revealed as the very character of God. As I said, so much ink has been spilled over this word, primarily because some Christian intellectuals have understood it to describe the nature of God. God is self-emptying. This is revealed in Christ. God is self-emptying. God is the one who pours out love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. God is the one who fully commits to humanity in the flesh of Jesus Christ. God is the one who so overflows with love that God cannot help but fill all things and be all in all. Jesus reveals this self-emptying character of the Trinity in his own descent into humanity, his descent into death on the cross. It is the character of God to bend down to us as a parent to a child, to listen to the cry of creation, to hear our needs and fulfill those needs with God's unescapable presence. It is perhaps jarring to hear that humility is descriptive of the character of God, it is surprising when our concepts of God include things like omnipotence and omniscience. God, we often say, is all-powerful and all-knowing. But as Julian of Norwich writes, quote, Though the three persons of the Trinity are all equal in themselves, my soul understood love most clearly, yes. And God wants us to consider and enjoy love in everything. And this is the knowledge of which we are most ignorant. For some of us believe that God is almighty and has power to do everything, and that he has wisdom and knows how to do everything, but that he is all love and is willing to do everything, there we stop. End quote. 
It is not that God requires humble subjects to bow before God's terrible majesty. That is the abominable image we get from our own leaders. Rather, Paul urges the Philippians to imitate God by pointing to God's own humility. We love, we empty ourselves because God first loved, God first emptied God's self. God is not unapproachable. God has approached us in humility. God is not aloof. God is all in. God does not require us to walk on our knees for miles. God has stooped toward us. God's own self-emptying love has been revealed to us so that we might know God's solidarity with us and that there is space for us in the divine life. This kenosis of God is nearer to us than we might imagine, as near as this altar where God descends into these humble elements each time we gather, not because of magic words or the right formulas, not because we have made ourselves worthy by moral purity, but because God is a self-emptying God who desires nothing more than communion with us. So God pours out the Spirit on us and on these gifts of bread and wine so that this sharing of gifts might make God's joy complete, filling us with the very body and blood of Christ. The table compels us toward imitating God's own kenosis. And as we are filled with God, we experience the space made for each of us in God's life by God's own self-emptying presence here. Amen. Let us stand with Christians throughout the world and throughout history to recite our statement of faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe believe in one one God, God, the the Father, the Almighty, Almighty, maker maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate of the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scripture. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sin. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. In peace we pray to you, Lord God, for all people in their daily life and work for our families, friends, and neighbors, and for those who are alone. Remembering especially Joseph, our president, the Congress of these United States, Bill, our governor, our courts of justice, and Pat and Richard, our mayors, we pray for this community, the nation, and the world. For all who work for justice, freedom, and peace, 
for the just and proper use of your creation. For the victims of hunger, fear, injustice, and oppression. For all who are in danger, sorrow, or any kind of trouble. For those who minister to the sick, the friendless, and the For the peace and unity of the Church of God. For all who proclaim the gospel and all who seek the truth. For Justin, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Michael, our presiding bishop, Ryan, our bishop, Johnny, our rector, Chris and Gordon, our deacons, in our diocese, St. Francis, Oldowa, in our companion diocese of South Dakota, St. Michael, Bates Land, Holy Cross, Pine Ridge, and for all bishops and other ministers. For all who serve God in his church. For the special needs and concerns of this congregation, especially Sister and Gordon, Becky, Carolyn, Stephanie and family, Ed, Bill, Eli, Nancy, Jesse, Cal, Larry, Louisa, Martha, Catherine, Randy, Lisa, Mariana, Martha, Mike, Alice and DeWitt, Doreen, Lou, Beth, Myra, Margaret, Al, John, Rick, Jay, John, Kim, Mark, Pat, Deanna, Jackson, Jonathan, Michael, Aaron, Jonathan, Regina, Patricia, Van, Sarah Beth, Jason, Michael, Daryl, Mike, Gary, Charlie and Phyllis, Kim, Diane, Larry, Bunky, Matt, Richard, Susan, Harold, Caitlin, Trish, Paul, Daryl, and Don. Hear us, Lord, for your mercy is great. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of this life. We will exalt you, O God, our King. And praise your name forever and ever. We pray for all who have died, especially G. Tyrone A. Bellamy, that they may have a place in your eternal kingdom. Lord, let your loving kindness be upon them. Who put their trust in you. We pray to you also for the forgiveness of our sins. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things done and left undone. And so uphold us by your Spirit, that we may live and serve you in newness of life, to the honor and glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Friends, the peace of the Lord be always with you. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. When you have fed us with spiritual food, 
in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace, and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. May God the Holy Trinity make you strong in faith and love, defend you on every side, and guide you in truth and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord.